two young brothers, if you have siblings, you can probably imagine how this could go. Harry and James had finished supper and were playing nicely at first. And then somehow Harry hit James with a stick and bitter words and tears followed. Charges and accusations were still being continued even up to bedtime. And finally the mother instructed, James, before you go to bed, you're going to have to forgive your brother. And James thought about it for a few seconds and he said, well, okay, I'll forgive him for tonight, but if I don't die before I wake up, he better look out in the morning. Does that describe any of us sometimes too? Well, I'll forgive him for a moment, but it's going to come back and haunt later. Last week, the theme in our transformation journals was forgiveness. The book wanted us to take a look, a deeper look, than the trite forgive and forget, which only works in lightweight damages. Often damages are more extensive to our, not just to our body, but to our souls and spirits, as when one spouse cheats on another or as at Virginia Tech when a loved one or child especially is irrationally murdered, or when one person sexually abuses another. Damages like these and others stain our lives. In their book, Flawed Families of the Bible, David and Diana Garland are analyzing the story of the rape of Dinah, Jacob's daughter in Genesis 34. They speak in this quote I'm going to offer you of, about rapists in particular, but I think that they could be talking about anyone who violates another's rights. They say, even when rapists today are punished with prison terms, the victim and her or his family are left with the bitter truth that no length of prison term compensates for what has happened. The violation continues to haunt them. I think we always struggle with wanting to retaliate against those who have hurt us. For some reason, and I may be generalizing based on me, <laughs> but for some reason, it seems that our first response is a desire for revenge. Coming back from a conference in Washington yesterday, at one point, I was trying to merge from a ramp onto the interstate coming in from the left. Well, this guy in the Lexus did not want me to get in front of him. But I squeezed in just like a mouse would squeeze in through a door and then scooted into the next lane, the right lane from him, so that he could zoom past me. Now, can you imagine then the evil sense of revenge I experienced when I saw the lights behind him and having pulled him over a few miles ahead? <laughs> and then I thought of my sermon. <laughs> Welton Gaddy explains, retaliation and vindication promise us no more than that the future will look just like the past. Neither brings any lasting satisfaction to our lives. 
Referring to Timothy McVeigh, he explains, once we have watched the killing of a man whose killing wounded our lives, are our wounds gone? Or are they in some way made deeper? What if we refuse to give, forgive a neighbor? I'll show them, we say to ourselves. Who is hurt most? Now, of course, the guilty neighbor may hurt from not receiving forgiveness, but any immediate surge of satisfaction, like I felt on the highway yesterday, in seeing the neighbor hurt is followed by the refusal to forgive, eating away at the soul like a malignancy on a once healthy cell. Only forgiveness allows us to change the future. Forgiving ourselves, forgiving other people, and in some instances working through what we perceive to be the need to forgive God. We can change the future only by appropriating for ourselves and extending to others forgiveness. Forgiveness made possible by God. If nothing else, a 2005 Harvard Women's Health Watch reported that forgiveness is good for one's health. Using a medical definition of forgiveness as letting go of anger or resentment, the report stated that forgiveness reduces stress, strengthens relationships, reduces pain, increases happiness, and is good for the heart. We can forgive because God has forgiven us. If we choose to withhold forgiveness, we refuse the freedom that Christ offers us through salvation and through sacrament. For freedom Christ has set us free, we heard Paul's words. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And then Jesus, in the gospel passage for today, tells us that to be free of this yoke of slavery, what is necessary is that we deny ourselves, that we have God as our ultimate concern, and that we not have divided loyalties. Practicing these daily, as well as practicing prayer and conversation with people who care, will give us a branch with which God and others can pull us out of the murky quicksand of unforgiveness. We can't do it by ourselves. We can't do it by staying the same. We can't do it by holding on to bitterness and resentment. Dorothea Sol says, If my hands are fully occupied in holding on to something, I can neither give nor receive. For a nation, there is no freedom without sacrifice. In Christianity, 
There is no freedom without sacrifice. We have seen the sacrifice of Jesus, and we are called to make sacrifices ourselves. Jesus gave his life for the cause of freedom and forgiveness and invites us to follow his example. As we saw in Haley and Debbie's baptisms today, in surrender to Christ, each person baptized at Calvary releases everything except a simple white wrap. When we share in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, we also release something. We release our confessions to God. We release our burdens to God into the strong and able arms of God, which can hold these for us and give us new freedom. The equation is we add together surrender and sacrifice, and we find the sum to be forgiveness and freedom. With thanksgiving, let us pray. God of power and God of love, you fill us completely with wholeness and with your forgiveness and with the power of your love and strength. Lord God, help us to remember. Remember how powerful you are and how loving and how forgiving you are. And as we do so, help us to be able to release to you all the things that we grasp and that grasp us so tightly. Whatever bitterness, whatever resentment, whatever pain and hurt we hold on to out of habit, we pray, O oh God, that you would help us to release our grasp upon them. Let them fall away from our spirits and be gathered into you and your spirit. Lord, as we pray, we remember brothers and sisters who are hurting and pray that you would do what you can to take that away or teach them from it or help them to deal with it in more positive ways. We continue to pray for Dot Creasy and Ruth Green, and Scott St. Clair. We pray for Diane Neininger, and we pray for Warren Cratch. We ask that your healing hand would wrap itself around them with comfort and hope. Lord our God, as we encounter the sacrament of baptism, the sound of the water, and as we continue to prepare our spirits for the bread and the cup, guide us in offering all that we have in return for you. Thank you, God, for all that you give. Bless what we give in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.